Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It's 2 December. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see here. We have, um, I, before I even get into the uh, Prophecy Update, I might as well thank Tim for um, the bandana he sent. I think this is the last of the five that he sent. It means a great deal to me. So, Tim, thank you very much. And then also, um, one thing that most people have heard me say this, but I'm going to say it from time to time, is that all of the sermons and the Prophecy Updates that we do are on podcasts. If you want to listen to them, like when you're driving or something, they're all there. So all you need to do is either go to the Superior Word website, you can <laughs> click on it there, or you can go to iTunes and look up the Superior Word and, uh, you know, all of the Bible studies, everything is on there. So if you uh, do want to listen to those, they are free to the world. You don't have to buy them or anything like that. There's nothing special. But uh, Prophecy Updates, Sermons, and Bible Studies are all on, on podcasts. And our first category, as always, is Israel. One thing that it's not an article that I'm going to read, I just want to tell you this. I saw that this had happened, and it just came out this morning, and I did not include it as an article, but I will get some of the breakdown for it maybe next week, just depending on what kind of news there is. But the UN, as always, it does it every year. They passed six resolutions against Israel in one day. Okay? This is one of the proofs, if nothing else, this is one of the proofs that Israel that is in the land of Israel today is Israel that was exiled from the land of Israel 2,000 years ago. Because any other country that was in that land, they wouldn't be doing these things. But the Lord had said in his word that he would make Jerusalem a cup of trembling and, you know, all of the things that it says in the book of Zechariah, plus all of the other prophets that uh, what they say about is coming in the world, Ezekiel chapters 36, 37, 38, all of these things are proven in the fact that the U.N., well, like 148 of 170 nations voted against them. You had a couple, I think, 14 abstentions, and then you had some negative votes, which, of course, we are a negative vote on that. But for the most part, the whole world is against Israel, and they've done nothing. They've done absolutely nothing wrong in any of these resolutions that are against them. So keep that in mind. If you are wondering if uh, when somebody says, you, hey, that's not the real Israel, and they start giving you that kind of side talk, they don't know what they're talking about. All they have to do is open their eyes, pick up their Bible, and read it, and we can put one plus one together to come to two. It's that evident. So there you go. I'll talk more about it next week if the uh, resolutions are worth mentioning, but they're probably just the same things they do every year. From Arts Shiva, gas pipeline to connect Israel and Europe. Yes, it's going to happen. An agreement has been reached to lay a gas pipeline connecting Israel and the European countries. It's something I talked about in the past. Very good reason for Gog Magog to occur is because where does Europe get much of its natural gas right now? Yes, from the big bear, from Russia. And so now we have Israel, which is going to be sending gas up to Europe. That's uh, obviously they can come from either side, and Russia could lose out on that deal. You know, if they uh, have a problem with Russia, they cut them off, or if they have a problem with Israel, they cut them off. But now we can see how these things could come more into focus. The agreement has been signed by Israel, Greece, Italy, and Cyprus with the backing of the EU. The pipeline would be the world's longest and deepest underground gas pipeline. 2,000 kilometers long and 3.5 kilometers deep and will connect these four countries and allow Israel to export gas to the Balkans and Central Europe. 
the EU agreed to invest $100 million in a feasibility study before the agreement was reached. Now, after two years of intensive contacts, the parties have reached an agreement that will be submitted this week for consideration by the member states. It is estimated that work on the gas pipeline will begin within a few months. Within five years, the gas is supposed to flow through the pipeline and bring in huge sums of money into Israel. Among the significant clauses in the agreement is priority for Israel and Cyprus in exporting gas to the European market, which is considered the largest and most significant market in which gas prices are double than what they are in Israel. So good stuff there. We're seeing prophecy fulfilled before our eyes. We are seeing the fulfillment of the wonderful things that God said was going to happen, leading to some very bad times ahead. But it's just so exciting. You just think about it and how he said that these things were going to happen. And for 2,000 years, people said, well, Israel's no more. You know, we must be spiritual Israel. And we find out how wrong they were and how, in fact, right it is that the dispensational model is correct. Oh, by the way, you know, once in a while, somebody will click on one of the old prophecy updates, and I did one of them on just the dispensations of time. If you don't understand the dispensational model, just go back and scroll through the old prophecy update list, and you will come to one that's called dispensations. That'll help you immensely in understanding the way of the world in redemptive history, in particular, Israel's role in that in the end times. So going on from Ynet, Austria, our support for Israel is not open to negotiations. Austrian Chancellor Kurz condemned Iranian President Rouhani's statement that Israel is a cancerous tumor in the region. Okay, you're going to hear a lot of siding with Israel in the next few articles. Jerusalem Post, Czech president in Israel to begin moving embassy to Jerusalem. Yes, Milos Zaman, the president of the Czech Republic, one of the friendliest countries to Israel in Europe, arrived for a four-day state visit. This was over the past week. During his visit, Zaman inaugurated an office in Jerusalem. He said will be the precursor to moving the country's embassy to the city. The Czech House will house the Czech Cultural Investment, Trade, and Tourism offices. Zeman's office issued a statement in September saying the Czech House is to be the first step with the intention to relocate the embassy of the Czech Republic to Jerusalem in accordance with international law. Prime Minister Babis, who will have to have the final say on whether the embassy will be moved to Jerusalem, has in the past indicated, however, that Prague will not break from the EU's position on the issue. The EU strongly opposed the U.S. decision in December to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital and move its embassy there. So we'll see if it actually happens or not. That guy has the last say. He doesn't want to go against the EU. Maybe he'll change his mind. From the Jerusalem Post, Israelis, Arabs, and Kurds discuss a Middle East confederation in Jerusalem. Israel should not be afraid of a confederation of Iraq and Syria as a counterweight to a more assertive Turkey and Iran. The interesting thing is that it mentions Turkey and Iran, who are both parts of Gog Magog coming against Israel. So whether Iraq and Syria become a part of that or not is highly debated, but we do know that the Arab states will be. Iraq and Syria, that may be just a pipe dream. The Mideast is at a crossroads, and it is worth considering new approaches in the region. A confederation involving Iraq, Syria, or even Jordan and Israel might harness the unique qualities of each, while giving space for all the different groups and their agendas to be heard. 
These were some of the ideas that emerged from a unique event last week at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, where a group of Israeli, Arab, and Kurdish speakers, some speaking via Skype from abroad, discussed the current state of the Middle East and its future. It's a very long article, but it's a very good one. That's if you want to read more, that's to whet your appetite. From Reuters, Israel says it will renew ties with Chad after a presidential visit. The president of Chad, which is a Muslim country, came up to Israel. They're going to renew ties. Israel said that it and Chad would resume relations severed in 1972 after the Central African country's President Idris Deby made a surprise visit to Jerusalem this week. After Deby wound up his two-day visit, Israel said in a statement that Prime Minister Netanyahu would visit Chad soon and announce with the Chadian president the renewal of ties. Chad is a Muslim-majority country, and most Muslim or Arab countries do not have formal ties with Israel. But those blocks are coming down one after another. From the Times of Israel, after breaking the ice with Chad, Israel reportedly eyeing ties with the Sudan. Now, will this happen or not? I don't know. Sudan is a part of the confederation, which is probably going to come against Israel. But Israel is working to establish diplomatic ties with a number of Central African nations, including Sudan, as Chadian leader Idris Deby made a historic visit to the Jewish state. And Prime Minister Netanyahu singled he would soon travel to unspecified Arab states. All kinds of things happening. From the Jerusalem Post, Omani diplomat acknowledges Israel as a fact of life in the Middle East. So Oman is falling in board with this. Oman made its second public statement in support of normalized ties with Israel over the weekend, just days before the president of the Muslim African country of Chad made a historic visit to Israel, despite there being no diplomatic ties between the two countries. From the Times of Israel, Israel said, working to forge ties with Bahrain amid unprecedented Gulf opening. From I-24, the Fakistinian Authority freaking out over all of this calls for emergency Arab League meeting over Israel. Arab state ties. So they're certainly going nuts. From Haaretz, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that lunatic that was um, elected to Congress, compared the migrant caravan to Jews fleeing Nazi Europe. Is it a fair take? I've said this three weeks in a row now. The Jews, the lefty Jews in this world now have a choice to make. They have to decide. Are we going to side with that type of nonsense? Or are they going to come to the side of reason? And are they going to say that the left has not got our good intentions in their heart? And they don't. We know that, but we'll see what they do with it. From the Jerusalem Post. Air Force, this is the Israeli Air Force, bolsters stealth power as more F-35I fighters land in Israel. Three more. They got three more this past week. Israel now has 14 of the world's most advanced stealth fighter jet. You wonder how they're going to win this battle? You know, okay, now I know that in Gog, Magog, and all of these battles you read in the Old Testament, the Lord does the work. Sometimes he sends hailstones on people and destroys them all. But normally, the arm of his power is the people of Israel. And the Lord gets the credit for it. He says, I, the Lord, have done this thing before you. And yet he uses them in the process. So this is one of the ways that the Lord has worked this out. They will win this battle, however it happens. But I am certain that a part of that is the fact that Israel is being prepared for it now. The Lord has blessed Israel. He's blessed them with proper ties with people like the United States. He's blessed them with intelligence, nuclear capabilities. Why? Because the Jews that were in America that were on Israel's nuclear program have retired to Israel. 
they have all of that information over there. They have better nukes than we do, certainly. So uh, Gerard Schroeder, as I said, I met him at a meeting one time when I was in Israel. And here he is, the greatest mind of our nuclear uh, program, moves to Israel. And, of course, he didn't leave his ideas behind here. Okay? So there you go. From Christian News. One long article. It probably has been seen by everybody that goes to prophecy sites, but if you haven't seen it, it's still rather interesting. From the Times of Israel, evidence of Sodom, meteor blast, cause of biblical destruction, scientists say. Sodom and Gomorrah, it was destroyed somehow. How was it? Well, God uses natural things to make destruction. This is one thing that they seem to think is possible and probable. A multidisciplinary team of scientists has a new theory for why all human civilization abruptly ended on the banks of the Dead Sea some 3,700 years ago. According to analyzed archaeological evidence, the disaster of biblical proportions can be explained by a massive explosion similar to the one recorded over 100 years ago in Russia. In 1908, a massive blast near Siberia's stony Tunguska River flattened some 2,000 square kilometers of an uninhabited taiga forestry. Curiously, no crater was discovered, and scientists explained the strange phenomena through a meteor explosion some 5 to 10 kilometers above land. In other words, this thing is coming in, it's coming towards Russia, and the pressure that is involved in it coming down is so great that it actually causes like a nuclear explosion. This, this uh, meteorite exploded over Russia, and it leveled Everything. It lev- Go and look at pictures of it online. It's called the Tunguska event. Well, they believe that this could have happened over Sodom as well. Okay, so here's the question. Now, I'm going to continue with that article in a second. But here's the question. If God used a meteor and he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding areas, does that negate the Bible in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not, because he said in advance he's going to do it. He's the one that said, I'm going to destroy all life on earth in Genesis chapter 6. And what does he do? He causes the earth to come apart at its seams. Even if it's natural, he's the one that made the earth in the way that it would do. Okay? And he prophesied it in advance. When the Lord speaks and he says it in advance, it doesn't matter how he did it. Right? The Red Sea. He said, stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. Right? And the people are standing there. They've got the Egyptian army here. They've got Pihahiroth, which is the mouth of the gorges, so they can't get away on either side. There's the ocean on this side. Where do you go? And he says, stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. Well, did the Lord take his finger and move the water? No, he tells you right in the Exodus account how he did it. A strong east wind. That's right. Blew all night long. Blew the water out of there. Okay, I think it was a strong east wind. It was a strong wind, but I think it was an east wind. Anyway, so it cleared it out. And I... See this every single year in Sarasota, Florida. I live on the bay where my grandfather graciously moved 70-some years ago. And every year when a cold front comes through, and we've got one coming through in a couple days, the cold front comes through, the wind switches from the direction it is now, bringing all that hot, warm weather up. It switches around, and the north wind comes, and it literally, in one night, the bay will be completely emptied. It'll be this deep off my dock, and the next day I could walk all the way across Sarasota Bay, except where they dredged out the intercoastal waterway. All of that water in one night, okay? There's nothing unusual about it except the fact that the Lord said that it was going to happen and his people are there waiting to be redeemed, okay? So people say, well, we know how he did it and so it's not a miracle. It is a miracle. And if this is how he did it, it is a miracle. So don't sit in your chair and say, well, it couldn't have been that. The Lord did it. Well, he did it somehow. He might have done it this way. Well, go on. According to the paper's abstract, the scientists discovered evidence of a high heat explosive event north of the Dead Sea that 
instantaneously devastated approximately 500 kilometers squared. Okay, the explosion would have wiped out all civilization in the affected area, including Middle Bronze Age cities and towns. Sylvia told Science News that the blast would have instantly killed the estimated 40 to 65,000 people who inhabited Middle Gore, a 25-kilometer-wide circular plain in Jordan. Likewise, the fertile soil would have been stripped of nutrients by the high heat and the waves of the Dead Sea's briny and hydrate salts would have tsunami-like washed over the surrounding area. So they know how it would have happened, and that's the result of what's happened. So it makes perfect sense, and when you have a meteor explode above you, what happens? Fire and brimstone comes down from the meteorite, and then it causes this tidal wave of uh, salts. At the same time, the explosion's fallout could cause blisteringly hot, strong winds which deposited a rain of mineral grains which have been found on pottery at Tal El Hammam. Five large sites in the region which have also been excavated offered additional evidence of an immediate end to settlement at the same time of the proposed Tal El Hammam disaster. Radiocarbon dating of organic archaeological evidence has shown that the structure's mud brick walls suddenly disappeared around 3,700 years ago. Oh my, leaving only stone foundations. Contemporary potsherds glazes apparently experience temperatures high enough to transform them to glass, perhaps as hot as the surface of the sun. The study was born of a historical riddle that the most productive agricultural land in the region, which it was called before, remember it says that a lot went down there because it was well watered, it was a beautiful land, and that's where he went, and he says, I'm going this way, and Abraham separated that way. It was the most productive agricultural land in the region, which had supported flourishing civilizations continuously for at least 3,000 years, should suddenly relinquish, then resist human habitation for such a long period of time has begged investigation. Based upon the archaeological evidence, it took at least 600 years to recover sufficiently from the soil devastation and contamination before civilization could again become established in the Middle Eastern Gore. So there you go. Interesting. It fits the biblical account. God uses nature to affect his purposes. And one more time, I'm going to read this sentence and I want you to answer me, why am I reading this? Briny and hydride salts would have tsunami-like washed over the surrounding area. What happened to Lot's wife? She became a pillar of salt. Exactly. Washed right over, she turned into a pillar of salt. Exactly the way the Bible says happened. Okay? Little clues that they write in their things. They don't want to confirm the Bible, but they write that. And what does it do? It confirms the Bible. When she turned around, she turned down around to look. They were probably far enough away by the time they noticed that her watching this event, what happens? They were just escaping it, and she was consumed by it. There you go. Haaretz. I don't know if you heard this, but this is really wonderful. Ring of Roman governor Pontius Pilate, who crucified Jesus, found in Herodian site in the West Bank. One more confirmation that Pontius was a real person and that he was living in that general area at the time. Now, they found that ring eons ago, and nobody translated it. Somebody finally took it out, washed it off, and said, hey, this talks about Pontius Pilate. There you go. Bible confirms itself. Once again, the stones and the rings will... We'll ring out. <laughs> Islam today from Al Arabiya. Three Turks. You know what? I broke my nose this week. I, I'm telling you what. This, these glasses are just hanging on to it. And it's just, 
Yeah, I was cutting that palm tree right out here, and a frond came and hit me on the, yeah, that's why they're in the back of the truck. I took about 10 loads, and I still got, yeah, landed right on the bridge of it and busted. it. I don't want anybody to give me a Three Stooges nose pull today, because I'll tell you what'll happen. My nose will come off in your hand, and my fist will end up in your mouth. What's that? Yeah, you do that. I just today. I don't want anybody to do that. Wow, I'm telling you. Anyway, it, it it it's not black and blue. Thank goodness. It just cracked it, and so I, I'm I'm okay. But I'm not having anything reset or anything. We're just gonna. It's kind of. I don't know if you can see it. Kind of leaning off to the side. Yeah, I'm I'm as ugly as ever. Yeah, better. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's see here. Islam. Three Turks charged over alleged terror plot in Australia's Melbourne. So they got the same problem as everywhere else. Three Australian nationals of Turkish descent who allegedly plotted chilling terror attacks in Melbourne were charged less than two weeks after a stabbing rampage inspired by the ISIS left two dead in Australia's second city. The three were detained by counter-terror police and overnight raids as they escalated preparations to attack crowded areas of Melbourne. The trio, two brothers aged 31 and 26, and a 21-year-old were later charged with planning a terrorist action which carries a maximum penalty of life in prison, which they'll probably get three years and be out. Victoria Police Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton said the men were certainly inspired by ISIS, but had no known links to a specific organization. They had been under investigation since March, but had become more energized since the ISIS-inspired stabbing attack in Melbourne on November 9th, he said. So they went and arrested them and got them out of the way. But apparently they're dual nationals. I'd send them back to where they came from. You got citizenship there? You are out. From Daily Wire, excuse me, parents are called racist after pointing out 30-year-old man is not high school age. This, this is a bizarre article. Yeah, well, you're going to hear. When a teenager from Iran joined the students at Stoke High School in Ipswich, a county of Suffolk, England, students and parents immediately noticed something was off. The alleged 15-year-old boy, Siavash, was six foot one, stubble, a large Adam's apple, and a hairline that some viewed as receding. Students and parents believed the teen was closer to 30 than 15. When parents began complaining that an adult man was in school with their underage children, they say their concerns were dismissed as racist. Uh. Yes, I went in to complain, but I was fobbed off. Whatever fob is, F-O-B-B-E-D. It's probably like, beat it, punk, whatever. Um, they are deluded and seem more worried about how the bloke might feel, a father of two teenage students told the male. I'm not aware of this lad having done anything inappropriate, but it's clearly wrong that he should be in a class with children. Another parent said she was told the man sat on a bench during lunch near teenage girls just looking. One student said Siavash started FaceTiming a female student, sending her messages asking how close she lived to the school. Oh, but they're racist for questioning this. The student took the messages to school officials but was told there was nothing wrong with them. It turns out Siavash actually was an adult and was removed from the school. He had told the school he fled from Iran and came to the UK with his little brother, who authorities believe actually is 12 years old. Siavash was seeking a free education while posing as a teenager. So there you go. You should have called his parents in. Yeah, call his parents in. We want to talk to your parents, kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come in with, yeah. Let's see here. Times of Israel. France imposes sanctions against 18 Saudis over Khashoggi murder. Now, the only reason why I bring this up is because it's a total double standard. Here we go. The French Foreign Ministry said Thursday that it would impose sanctions against the 18 Saudi citizens over the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in Istanbul last month. 
These measures aim to prohibit those individuals from entering national territory and the entire Schengen area of Europe, the ministry said in a statement. Well, why is that a double standard? It's because they're supporting Iran in this deal, which Trump has told the world to get out of, and yet they, they're they totally selective in who they target and what they target over. Okay, there you go. That's all. From the Wall Street Journal, France and Germany step in to circumvent Iran sanctions. Once again, one thing they say, we're going to do this, and the next thing they say exactly the opposite. Crazy. Behold Israel. Hamas used cancer patients to organize terror attacks in the West Bank. Okay, Israel has the best medical plan in the world, right? They, they, they're great doctors. They have great hospitals, the whole thing. It's like the U.S. or maybe, I don't know if England's medical is good or not, but it's first world stuff. And of course, Gaza doesn't have anything except people, you know, cutting you open out on the street, I guess. So what do they do? Somebody's got cancer. They've got something that needs to be fixed. Where do they go? They go to Israel. So Hamas says, guess what? We've got an idea. We're going to take these people that are going, being treated in Israel at the goodness of the Israelis, and we're going to blow them up with them. Yeah. Israel's National Security Agency uncovered a Hamas terror ring in the West Bank planning multiple attacks on Israeli citizens. The Hamas terror infrastructure was foiled in recent weeks. Israel's Shin Bet releasing information on the terror ring for the first time. Hamas was using and seeking Palestinians receiving cancer treatment in Israel to plan and organize terror attacks on Jews. The terrorists were planning large bombings in order to cause turmoil in the West Bank. The operation was organized by the highest echelons of Hamas in Gaza and included not only cancer patients, but also business people with permits to enter Israeli zones and territories. According to one of the Hamas handlers, the plan was to carry out attacks on large areas of people simultaneously with rocket attacks from the Gaza Strip, according to an Israeli official. The thwarted terror infrastructure was different to Hamas's usual efforts with greater scope and greater potential for damage. So here's what we're going to do. Today we're going to blow up Israel. We're going to send in 400 rockets, and while they're focused on that, we're going to have all of the people that have lived off of the good graces of Israel go in and blow themselves up all over the West Bank. And they want Israel to deal with these people. And Israel's the one that's condemned with five UN resolutions this past yesterday and day before. From Mongolia, Proactive Investor says Petro Matad, that's a oil drilling company, shares slump as Wild Horse Well disappoints. They went to a place called Wild Horse. They went to drill a well. Didn't work out. Petro Matad Limited shares collapsed around 40% lower after the exploration company revealed that the Wild Horse Well in Mongolia failed to find hydrocarbons. The company confirmed that the well had been drilled down to a depth of 1,490 meters in the Baatsa Ga'an Basin, and though it encountered interbedded sands and shales within pre-drilled prognosis, no oil shows were observed in the well. It follows a similarly disappointing result in the Snow Leopard exploration well back in September. The Wild Horse 1 result is clearly disappointing, but this was too big a structure to leave undrilled. We will use the data gathered to reevaluate the Baatsa Ga'an Basin and to look again at the prospectivity in other basins in Block 4, another area. Wild horse will be plugged and abandoned. Meanwhile, having worked on the onset of the Mongolian winter, uh, the rig and drill crew will pause until the planned 2019 well campaign. So they got to wait out the winter, then they'll go back in in 2019 and see if they can find oil somewhere. Bad news for Mongolia. Daniel 12 Technology.
Uh, just the title here I talked about last week. I said I would mention it this week. Touchdown on Mars. Woohoo! Mail Online says Jubilation as NASA's InSight rover survives its six and a half minutes of terror, landing to become historic mission to dig deep into the Martian crust. They got a little drill in this thing, and he's going to be going down into the ground. You know, unless you're a flat earther, then this doesn't apply. But okay, news target. New sound wave technology creates clothes dryer that is 70% more efficient. Yes. In true rock star fashion, researchers at Oak Ridge National Lab in Tennessee. I mean, these are the guys that built a nuclear bomb and they're working on dryers now. In Oak Ridge National Lab in Tennessee are using sound waves to change the way we live. Sound waves. The team developed a dryer which was five times more energy efficient than its conventional siblings. Lovingly termed the ultrasonic dryer, the technology utilized sound waves instead of heat. The replacement of heat to sound waves allowed the device to dry a large amount of clothes in about one half the time. The appliance may still be in its early stages of development, but already is being seen as an ideal alternative to traditional methods of laundry. The theory goes that the ultrasound would vibrate small water droplets off of the fabric, which would eventually form a fine mist. The collection of water particles would then be driven to the edge of the drum, the container that rotates as with the standard clothes dryer, where it would be siphoned off. The initial prototype developed by the team was able to dry a medium-sized load in 20 minutes. This is compared to the 50 minutes a regular full-size clothes dryer would take to finish the same amount. The ultrasonic dryer is also supposedly 70% more energy efficient than its brother. Because the dryer uses sound waves, the appearance of lint is reduced as well. So it protects your clothes instead of causing them to lintify or lintifactulate. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, that doesn't happen. The researchers noted that most lint is created when hot air blows tiny fibers off of clothing. Incidentally, clothes would be able to last longer. The scientists at Oak Ridge noted that drying clothes without heat decreases the risk of color fading. So you can keep your vibrant colors, not have all the lint, and you can have it dry in 70% more efficient time and uh, cost. So having said that, years ago when I was in Japan, and they now sell these, they're on the market, they sell washing machines that work by ultrasonic as well. You don't need any laundry detergent at all. And it was not popular. Why? Because it didn't have the smell. You just came out with clothes that didn't smell like anything. And people wanted that nice smell after doing their clothes. But now they've become popular. People have stopped caring about the smell. And you can buy ultrasonic washing machines. Well, now you can buy ultrasonic dryers. Or soon you will be able to. Great stuff. There's a problem. Well, there's a problem. The problem is, is if you live up north and you want to throw your pajamas to warm them up. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, we don't have that problem in Florida. What he said is when you're up north, you want to throw your clothes into the dryer to warm them up. Well, what you do is you just go into your bathroom where you have your little space heater or whatever you have up north and put your clothes in front of it. Yes. Burn down your house. Whatever. We don't deal with that down here. I'm not getting into the warm stuff. All right. Revelation plagues. Science Alert says an exotic strain of hepatitis appears to have made the leap from rats to humans. Yeah, a seven-year-old woman in Hong Kong has just become the second ever recorded case of rat-specific hepatitis E in humans. One case could be an anomaly. Two cases could mean that the disease is becoming transmissible between species. Well, you know when it says in Revelation that a third, I think, of the world's going to get killed by the beasts of the earth? This isn't bears and lions eating people. 
this is equine encephalitis. This is, you know, whatever this is, um, uh, hepatitis and all these things that come from animals. The beasts of the earth are going to be unleashed on the people of the earth through disease. That's what it is. Like I said, God's not going to create a bunch of dinosaurs to come and eat all the people on the planet. Okay, uh, here we go. Let's see here. Um, the woman who had a compromised immune system was admitted to hospital in May of 2017, complaining of a variety of symptoms consistent with the human version of hepatitis E, including abdominal pain, loss of appetite, weight loss, and headaches. She was treated and sent home and has since recovered. From Technology Review, Chinese scientists are creating CRISPR babies. This made drudge, so probably most of you heard about this. Not crispier babies. They're not cooking them. <laughs> CRISPR babies is where they take genes out or add in genes from a, a egg, and then they, in, you know, uh, would inseminate it. Yeah, and then it becomes a baby, and then they, or, or, oh, I'll read it, and you'll get it. Um, they're not making crispier babies up. Yes. <laughs> According to uh, Chinese medical documents posted online this month, the team at Southern University of Science and Technology in Shenzhen has been recruiting couples in an effort to create the first gene-edited babies. They plan to eliminate a gene called CCR5 in hopes of rendering the offspring resistant to HIV, smallpox, and cholera. But, you know, they don't know what else they're taking out when they do this. I don't know how they could even come close to knowing. The clinical trial documents describe a study in which CRISPR is employed to modify human embryos before they are transferred into a woman's uterus. The scientist behind the effort, He Jiang Kui, did not reply to a list of questions about whether the undertaking had produced a live birth. However, data submitted as part of the trial listing shows that genetic tests have been carried out on fetuses, those are human babies, by the way, um, as late as 24 weeks or six months. It's not known if those pregnancies were terminated, carried to term, or ongoing. Bad, bad stuff they're dealing with. And that's one of the things that's going to bring plagues on the earth right there. Somebody's going to come out with some mutation that cannot be fixed and it's going to spread. Morality today from WND. This is good morality. We don't have much good morality. We got good morality. My pillow guy. Everybody know my pillow. My pillow has shocking cameo in Unplanned. It's a movie about uh, unplanned pregnancy. Okay. A Christian businessman who has been investing in faith films is making a shocking cameo in his newest project, Unplanned. He's filmed running a bulldozer uh, over a planned murder hood site to make way for the headquarters of a pro-life organization called 40 Days for Life. Good job. I'm pro-life and I'm happy to do it, says Michael Lindell in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Lindell, worth an estimated $300 million, founded the MyPillow company. He invested some $1 million in Unplanned, which has been filmed largely in secret because of its opposition to planned murderhood. It's the second movie Lindell has helped fund, the first being Church People, which is in its post-production. The reporter describes the new film financier as the unapologetic, Trump-loving, born-again Christian conservative founder of MyPillow, who is sure to stand out in Hollywood. We all should be buying pillows from this guy. When an activist group demanded he pull ads from the Ingram Angle, Laura Ingram, the Ingram Angle on Fox News after Laura Ingram insulted a survivor of a school shooting, he increased it. He gave him more money. When they tell me to back down, I double down and my sales go up. It sounds like Donald Trump, doesn't it? He recently donated 10,000 pillows to hurricane victims. I've 
prayed about everything I've done. I met Donald Trump before he was president, and I didn't know a thing about politics. I walked out of his office thinking there was no better man in this world that I would like to be my president. I like this guy. I'm going to get him my pillow. I, 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 after Christmas, I can't afford it now. But anyway, um, my pillow, that... That's it. I'm telling you, that's, I, I'm just so excited reading that. It's so much bad news in the world, and this guy is, he's on the good side. Mail online. Google blocks gender pronouns, including him and her, from its AI tool that completes sentences over fears it might predict your sex or gender identity incorrectly and offend you. So you've got this thing in your phone that corrects, like, autocorrect on words. Well, now they've got one that will type things for you, I guess, and it won't put in him or her, because you might get offended. CNN, Taiwan voters reject same-sex marriage. Can you imagine that? Praise the Lord. Wow. Yep. Christian headlines, 11-year-old trailblazing child drag queen promoted on Good Morning America. Well, I don't know anybody that watches Good Morning America, but it wouldn't be me. From the Washington Times, Hispanic babies are aborted in the U.S. They outnumber the caravan population seven to one. So they're trying to bring in more Hispanics when they could have all they want if they just stopped killing their babies. From Breitbart and the Tea Party. I just took two articles and combined them. Macy's Thanksgiving Parade features first same-sex kiss in the parade's history. This is the Macy Parade. Now they got people same-sex kissing. It occurred when the cast of the Broadway musical The Prom performed in the parade. The musical is about a lesbian couple who would like to attend their high school prom together, and their performance in the parade concluded with the same-sex cast members kissing. So much for Macy's. Our other category, Zero Hedge. You know, Trudeau is a real lefty up there in Canada. He hates everything Trump does. He doesn't believe in anything Trump does. But Trudeau quietly approves $10.5 billion corporate tax cut to compete with Trump. Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau realized that when you tax the corporations, it kills your country. So what does he do? He earlier this year survived an embarrassing Me Too scandal when a woman accused him of groping her at a party. Is once again following President Trump's lead. So in other words, they're linking Trump with his groping with, okay, anyway. He's following his lead by imposing business-friendly tax cuts meant to spur economic growth and investment instead of using it to cut Canada's budget deficit. The tax cuts, according to Trudeau's government, are intended to help drive business and economic growth over the long term. Sound familiar? Yeah, Trudeau's finance minister, Bill Morneau, I don't know, some French name, introduced the corporate tax breaks, which will be worth some Canadian $14 billion over the next six years. According to Bloomberg, the cuts represent Trudeau's government's biggest gift to Canadian businesses since taking power. So he says one thing, but he has to do another, realizing he's killing his his, uh, uh, economy. From BBC, British Army chief. Russia is a far bigger threat than ISIS. Russia is now a far greater threat to the United Kingdom's national security than the Islamic State group, the head of the British Army has said. General Carlton Smith said Britain cannot be complacent about the threat Russia poses. The Russians seek to exploit vulnerability and weakness wherever they detect it, he said. Russia has embarked on a systematic effort to explore and exploit Western vulnerabilities, especially in some of the non-traditional areas of cyber, space, undersea warfare, he said. 
We cannot be complacent about the threat Russia poses or leave it uncontested. Russia has accused the British authorities of Russophobia, misleading the international community and UK citizens of disgusting anti-Russian hysteria. Well, I'd like to say something. I was talking to my friend Sergio this week who had some visitors visiting from Russia. Okay, And they said that they can no longer like anything on Facebook. Because if they do, and it's the wrong thing, somebody knocks on people's doors now. That's anti-Trump, all right? I'm sorry, anti-Putin. This, this and this and this. And literally, they, they will not like anything on Facebook anymore because of that. So just imagine the environment that those people are living in. And they are under his authority to go out and say, we're, you're going to spy against Russia and we're not allies with these people. I believe this guy in England a lot more than I believe the Russians after hearing that. So there you go. Very, very serious stuff. From zero, I'm... You know what? You're banned forever probably from Facebook or at least another month or two, but I enjoy being on Facebook once in a while. I very rarely get time to go there anymore except posting my morning stuff. But, you know, you see something you like, you, you, you don't feel pressured when you click like, you know? Somebody says, I hate Hillary Clinton, maybe I'll click like, and I don't feel bad about it. Now, if she had won the presidency, Wayne might be in the same position as them. But yeah. with Trump, they're not going to, you know, we got a, the right to think what we want in this country. So far. Yeah, so far. Let's see here. Zero Hedge. Um, if Trump is racist, he needs to go back to racism school. Abraham Lincoln, when informed that General Ulysses S. Grant was drunk, famously asked Grant's accusers what whiskey he was drinking so Lincoln could send a barrel to every general in the army. <laughs> Keep this in mind when President Donald Trump's critics accuse him of racism against blacks. If Trump set out to hurt blacks by pushing economic policies that helped reduce black unemployment to an all-time low, by attempting to stop unskilled illegal alien workers from competing with unskilled blacks for jobs and wages, and by empowering inner-city black parents rather than the government to pick the school for their children, then Trump needs to go back to school for racism. He's doing all these things to help them, and all he's getting blamed for is being a racist. Washington Free Beacon says, U.S., Canada, Mexico sign trade deal after last-minute brinkmanship. We no longer have NAFTA. He's going to revoke that. We have a new agreement. And guess what? Promise fulfilled. It's one of the things he said he was going to do. Other than the wall, which will be coming. He's going to stop this government, I'll bet. He's going to get us that wall. He has kept promise. after. He's the most promise-keeping president in the history of the United States of America. Great job. Breitbart. Report. 80% of Venezuelans short of food. Bloomberg. That's what you get when you have socialists take over in your uh, world. From Bloomberg, uh, Venezuela is leaking oil everywhere. Their infrastructure is so bad in Venezuela that everywhere, everything is leaking. All of the wells, all of the joints. And so it's just ruining not only their economy, it's also ruined their environment. There's leaking everywhere. Okay, from Front Page Mag, California Democrat chair who called Kavanaugh a lying predator is investigated for sexual misconduct. And guess what? He resigned. So good job there. You know, I've always said this with the Democrats, liberals, projection. Everything that they say, they do, but they project onto other people. That's what this guy was doing. Oh, he's a pervert and he's a... He was the one. And all of what they do on the left, all of it is projection. They are the guilty ones. They're the angry ones. They're the violent ones. And yet they blame the people on the right. From the smoke room, ESPN's downfall continues. The lost revenue numbers are embarrassing. ESPN has resulted in over $1 billion in lost revenue. 
Yesterday, Disney announced in its yearly 10K filing that ESPN has lost another 2 million subscribers in fiscal year 2018. Yeah. Doesn't break my heart at all. Yep. You can't stand up for the flag. You need to go down with the, uh, down the pipe. Okay, Zero Hedge. Clinton Foundation donations plummet 90%. Good, yeah, whoops. Okay, got a lesser here for you. If the kid is too old for the school, he's the victim of one racist fool. Seems the guy wanted class, not a course he must pass. He thought wolf in sheep's clothing was cool. Good job. Okay, got a couple ironies here for you. Uh, it's called cold cash and cold feet. From CNN, man suspected of money laundering after $400,000 is found in his washing machine. Yes, it's cold cash. And then the cold feet, mail online. Bank rubber hands threatening note to teller, but then gets cold feet and tries to open a bank account instead. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.